Welcome to the Singapore Management University podcast series, where we feature the latest insights and perspectives from our faculty. The global economy is changing at an unprecedented pace. The rapid growth of emerging markets has presented huge opportunities for both local and multinational companies. New trends in retailing and branding have emerged, giving rise to new strategies which companies must adopt. In order to stand out and be successful in capturing the loyalty of emerging market consumers, SMU Provost and Deputy President of Academic Affairs Rajendra Shivastava is a highly cited scholar in market strategy. In this podcast, the Professor of Marketing shares his knowledge and insights on retailing and branding in emerging markets. Professor, we are seeing the rapid growth of emerging markets and the strong spending power of the consumers. How has this made an impact on the global marketing environment? When we talk about the、uh, rapid growth in the emerging markets, it's important to understand how rapid, how big, how large the growth has been. So, for example, while China has grown at ten percent, that growth has not been spread evenly. A large part of that growth is in the urban tier one cities、uh, like Shanghai, and、uh, also the growth has gone un- unevenly to the middle and upper middle class. So, in certain product categories, particularly consumer goods, what we are seeing is that the growth rate could be as much as twenty to twenty-five percent.、Uh, with that kind of growth, it has led to a situation where almost the entire global growth. In categories could be coming from emerging, especially the large emerging markets. So you take a company like Unilever, which has the Asian headquarters in Singapore.、Uh, at the moment,、uh, you know it represents about maybe forty, possibly even forty-five percent of the global market, and it covers Asia, Middle East, going all the way to Africa. So that's the part that the Singapore、uh, office is covering. But with the rate of growth the way it is, that could easily go over fifty percent very quickly. So it would, what it would mean is that over fifty percent of Unilever is then based in Asia, and Asia and the Middle East. So and Unilever is not the only company that is、uh, you know that is looking at this market size of market issue, and what that has led to is a lot of competitors rushing in. So while this is a big market, it is also a very very competitive market. So because of the、uh, tremendous growth in the emerging markets, what we are also seeing is、uh, escalation in competition in this part of the world, and、uh, that is leading to direct competition between、uh, not only the global brands from MNCs, but also the local brands are beginning to emerge. And、uh, we are seeing、uh, competition intensify、uh, between brands that are coming from emerging markets.、Uh, so, if you take a brand such as、uh, Shanghai Tang, they have entered the, the retailing market, and they are fighting for share of the Chinese market. Have you observed any significant changes or new trends, particularly in the retail market? Okay, let me、uh, pick up on the point I was just talking about, which is the intensification of the competition, not only between MNCs but between local players and MNCs. I was、uh, in India in January, and I was、uh, surprised to find out that a small local company has been able to take on Frito Lay in the chips business. 
and in the five in five western states that uh, this company participates in uh, they have they have now become a market share leader in uh, in, in the chips business and what these guys have done is uh, follow an entirely different business model if you look at the western mncs they rely you know quite a bit on advertising on image building on building you know brand reputation by focusing on the end consumer you and me uh, this company it's called uh, you know balaji and what they have done is they have packed value into the product meaning if you look at the price to content kind of ratio they have lo- they have localized it they have developed products to the local taste so as they go from one region to another they are just the t- taste so they are localizing uh, but their focus has been on making it convenient and uh, cheap for the uh, for the distributors the mom and pop stores so they deliver more frequently they help manage the inventory so they have targeted their customer as the store owner rather than the end consumer so so these are just really really you know smart you know business people they haven't done the advertising and in fact they do know advertising they they advertising at the packets that are hanging at the store and and they sort of picked up the, so this is in in, in in things like potato chips if we look at uh, you know singapore uh, we have a company you know charles and keith that started in shoes and now they're in accessories and so on and so forth and uh, they have uh, also you know been growing very very rapidly not only in singapore and or southeast asia they've expanded into india they've expanded into china and uh, i think they'll be uh, they become a you know a good example of you know how a successful idea can emerge from an emerging market and and expand rather rapidly uh, some of the other changes that are taking place in the industry one is uh, we are seeing a lot of uh, mergers and acquisitions taking place because uh, uh, companies with resources are now consolidating uh, to scale up the relative power that they have in the marketplace and uh, what happens is as the retailers get larger they are in a position to compete uh, more effectively with the very large manufacturers uh, what we know if from the west and if history repeats itself is that these local retailers as they get larger they will acquire the expertise the technology the information systems management kind of expertise from uh, you know from the west uh they will learn that very very quickly uh they will also uh learn and uh, have already learned how to negotiate within the supply chain so they can actually integrate backwards to develop uh, private labels uh in effect uh, one could buy the mnc brand or one could buy the store brand uh the profit level on store brands can be as much as 20 to 30% higher so there's a real reason for the retailers to uh, to really push their own labels to to push the store brand and uh, what i predict is that this is going to you know cause some anxiety amongst the global manufacturers as the local retailers uh, start integrating backwards this will actually put some pressure on the manufacturers to integrate forwards so manufacturers in the future will start becoming retailers 
just as retailers are by sourcing directly are becoming you know their own manufacturers and we already seeing it in some sectors that uh, started for example in the tech sector with uh, companies like apple having their own own stores and uh, that was very much part of ba- of brand building so you if you take apple's brand it is not just in the design of the product but it is also how it is retailed and the there's a growing importance of retailing and branding and one of the reasons is that uh, the brand is not just the product it's the service associated and the service is usually coming you know uh, in a in a retail kind of setting uh, another reason is that in the past if i go back 30 years 40 years brands were built through advertising uh, you know a company could go through a limited number of television channels and through those channels they could build the brand now when you flip on the station now singapore is kind of limited in terms of number of channels but if you go to india you go to hong kong there are hundreds of channels and so the power of television to help develop brands has been fragmented and as a consequence more and more of the brand building is shifting to the point of purchase so what we are seeing is uh, that uh, we're seeing uh, backward integration forward integration we're seeing local versus global and uh, so these are these are some of the trends and of course the big trend is uh, technology behind the scenes and uh, that is uh, affecting the supply chain and uh, the power of information if it could be coupled with flexibility in manufacturing is that the store owner doesn't have to hold that much stock uh, if i look at productivity in the retail sector and i go historically about uh, uh, 80% 85% of the investment in the retail business was actually in the stock and uh, and maybe the other 15% was in the store and if you can reduce the amount of money that is locked up in the stock you can invest in other things the other things could be the technology the other things could be a larger number of stores and uh, that is exactly what is happening and uh, in many stores uh, they now have the ability to let the customer know that if something is not at that store they can get it there by noon tomorrow so the inventory is on the web uh, because all the stores are connected uh, you can figure out okay we don't have it which is the other closest store that has the product that the that the client is asking for and so what is happening is instead of bricks versus clicks it is becoming bricks and clicks uh, to combine the power of information and how to leverage that information technology to integrate the display as well as the efficiency in the distribution what is the impact of technology on supply chain management if you take a you know one of the asian companies that was becoming that was a a uh, game changer in the world uh, li and fung and so what li and fung was doing was they were providing services to manufacturers if a manufacturer wanted a portfolio of products uh, li and fung was ready to help them because they were connected to a portfolio of manufacturers so they were a classic uh, what we in academic jargon we call intermediary so at one end 
they represented the manufacturers. At the other end, they they represented uh, the the retailers, or uh, you know, if you will. And now, what has happened is that with the improvement in technology, with the improvement in communications, and with the improvement in tra transportation, a company can go directly uh, to the manufacturer. They don't. Uh, they don't necessarily need Li and Fung as a as an intermediary. So the markets are um, getting a little bit more efficient. And uh, because of that particular efficiency, the customers have the capability of being able to compare prices and so on and so forth. Uh, you can also compare products visually. And uh, so now what that has meant is that differentiation and branding is on the margins actually becoming even more important because uh, if the products can be very similar, then the then the question is where's the cachet, where's the differentiation coming from? Uh, the customer experience then becomes the differentiator rather than the product itself, and that again brings the importance of retailing and branding, or the importance of branding and retailing. Now, if we take a closer look at the consumers, are there key differences between consumers in emerging markets versus those in developed markets? Very obvious difference would be if we can if we compared consumers, let's say from Philippines or Thailand, and the, there's a big difference between, let's say these countries, and uh, a European country or, or North America, on a lot of factors, uh, infrastructure, uh, socioeconomic, uh, you know, differences are there, uh, transportation, and so on and so forth. So those are actually fairly obvious, but often we hear people making the statement emerging markets or BRIC countries, you know, Brazil, Russia, India, and China, uh, or they'll uh, talk about the developing world. And it's almost like talking in one breath as if this was a group that was somehow similar. The huge differences between Brazil and Russia and China and India and if you look at uh, the emerging markets, uh, you know, in Asia-Pacific or in Asia broadly, there are huge differences in Asia-Pacific between a Korea and a Thailand and a Bangladesh and a Myanmar. So the differences are ac actually far more stark within emerging markets than c when we start comparing emerging markets to developed markets. And what this then means is that how you manage the business, how you manage the interface with the customer is quite different. Uh, even if you were looking within South Asia, which if you took India versus Bangladesh, you'll find, find big differences. And certainly the differences are even larger when you compare, let's say, the Indian subcontinent with Southeast Asia compared to uh, Northeastern Asia, China, you know, Korea and Japan. So what companies need to learn is they have to, whether it is retailing or it is pricing, uh, it is extension of credit or it is design, these things have to be you know, done differently. Obviously, amongst the emerging markets, the larger of the emerging markets are going to behave kind of differently compared to the smaller markets. So, for example, if we take China, China started out 
using this concept, uh, using sort of made in China. This is something the BBC was actually covering. In this program at BBC, they were talking about how products came out of China as with the label made in China. And then the labeling has started shifting to designed in China. And now it is beginning to shift to designed for China. <laughs> and, uh, and but this, if I go back five years, 10 years ago, this is what California was doing. Uh, California wasn't manufacturing anything because it was too expensive. And so it was, it became designed in California. <laughs> And uh, so China is kind of doing a similar kind of thing as labor is getting more and more expensive in China. But the important thing is that sometimes people make the assumption that the emerging markets, people in the emerging markets are maybe lower in aspiration. That's not true. Uh, in fact, what is probably true, and I'm, when people can afford brands for the first time, they become actually more brand conscious. So. What I'm saying is that the people with more limited resources, they're buying branded goods for the first time, and they're proud of it, and they have higher aspirations. So in my opinion, the brands in emerging markets are actually more critical as a, as a way to differentiate your business than the developed markets. Professor, what advice would you give to companies entering the retail sector of emerging markets? Okay, I have about uh, three or four points that I want to make. Uh, one is there is a recognition that uh, emerging markets are large and uh, that they have been getting larger. But if I look at what's been happening over the last six months, there's been a bit of loss in faith about uh, the resilience of emerging markets. And we've seen people consider, well, should we retreat back to the developed world? And I think it would be a mistake to do that uh, because uh, if we look at uh, emerging markets, um, they have a long way to go. And if one puts on a five-year kind of a perspective, uh, what we are seeing is a temporary uh, you know, setback, if you will, in the growth rates. Uh, but there's a lot of steam left. There's a lot of potential left in the growth in the emerging markets. And so... So one is that the size still matters and growth will still be there and one, one should not lose focus. That's one point. The second uh, point is that very often when we look at emerging markets, it's a, uh, a lot of conversation about, for example, majors such as uh, Procter & Gamble and Unilever, you know, going there, going head to head with each other or in any sector, whether it's certain pharmaceuticals that are going head-to-head -head with each other, uh, it would be a mistake to, um, to underestimate the potential power of the local brands because the local brands uh, have the advantage of knowing the local market. Uh, as an example, uh, since I'm more familiar with India than with China, uh, the we have about 30% of the population that is living in the urban areas. The 70% that is not living in the urban areas is probably better known to the local competitors than it is to the global competitors. And uh, we, I, earlier on I had talked about uh, Balaji and how by reaching out and creating the bonds with the retailers and distributors, 
they were able to you know get the number one spot in the in the crisps area so please don't under you know don't underestimate uh, the uh, the ability of the local competitors to take you on the third point would be that i think uh, branding is occurring more and more at the point of sale and uh, so what that uh, means is that while technology is important uh, the it the relationship with the customer cannot be all electronic so the customer experience uh, becomes important uh, one of the purposes that the retailers serve is that if the customer is not happy with something uh, they can take it to the retailer and the experience in terms of not not only how the product was displayed etc and the purchase point but if there had been a problem how the problem was resolved is very very much part of the customer experience so the the point of uh, point of sale uh, relationship with the customer becomes important and the fourth one that i would say is that for emerging markets emerging markets are different and uh, the the merchandising strategy the distribution strategy the pricing strategy for a philippines has to be different from korea and uh, has to be different from from bangladesh uh, so these are the three or four things that i feel you know feel are important and uh, thank you for uh, inviting me uh, for this talk thank you professor